How are you guys doing? Hey, clap. You can clap. It's okay. Yeah, just stand right there. Hold on. I'm going to clear, clear Wes's, Wes's stuff off real quick. <laughs> it's okay. How are you guys? You guys doing okay? All right. Look, good. Good. Good to hear. All right. All right. Let's get started here. Um, like Wes said, I'm Chris, one of the pastors and residents here um, at Legacy, and I'm excited to be here, excited to get to... Uh, to just share in community with you guys this morning and, and, uh, and, and just preach what the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart and in the series that we're in. Um, but real quick, just to give you an update on the residency, just to let you know what's going. I know it's a word we throw out a lot, but um, myself and, and David Holler and Wes, that was just up here, we're, we're all in a church planning residency. And so we've been walking this thing out for the past about six months, reading uh, resources that Luke has assigned to us. And and just wanted to thank you guys for the, for the opportunity to do that um, and, and affording Luke the time to coach us and train us so that one day we can go out and we can plant, plant churches or, or be a part of other church plants that are going on in this area and in the world, really. So just thank you for that. But if you were here last week, some of you were, some of you weren't, and that's fine. We started a new series, and it's, I'm going to hashtag it, Stuff Jesus Never Said, right? I just stole that from I think Justin Timberlake or Jimmy Fallon, somebody, but um, stuff Jesus never said, and, 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 and be warned today, I'm not going to dump coffee on myself like somebody did last week, and I won't, I'm not going to say his names, but Luke Thomas there, he dumped coffee all over stuff, I like my undershirts too much to do that, so I'm not dumping coffee on myself today, um, but today the, the, the message is, the, the title of the message is, is stuff Jesus never said, is this private thing is just between us, no one else belongs in our private circle, and and just while we're talking about private things, I want to share a little story. We, we have family game night at my house pretty often. A couple nights a week, we, we get at the table with the kids. And, you know, I mean, it's a time for, for me to teach them how to lose, right? Because I'm not going to let my kids win. So y'all may judge me for that, and that's okay. But, but I own the table in any game we're playing. Monopoly, Rummy Cube, whatever you want. Last night, it was, it was Rummy Cube, and, and we just rediscovered Pandora Radio. Is everybody familiar with Pandora Radio? If you're not, you need to be. But... Um, I think like, <laughs> I think there was a ZZ Top song on or something. And I'm just going to say real quick, I'm the best air instrument player and lip singer in the world. Okay. I'm just, I'm going to claim that title right now. Um, and if you want to challenge me afterwards, just come up and we can do that. But, but listen, like, so I really feel like if the worship team would allow air instruments, Chase and Charlie, I, mean, I, I would be on the worship team. Any, anytime you guys need an air guitarist, just let me know. But but last night, I broke out in a, in a harmonica, right? You know, I got the phone out. I was doing the harmonica. The problem is the song didn't have a harmonica in it. <laughs> and so I got judged really fast by my kids and my wife. Um, and then I found out that my child doesn't know what an 8-track is, so I felt really, really old. But anyway, um, if you guys have a Bible, real quick, this, I'm going to be all over the place in Matthew today. But what I'd like for you to do is just turn to Matthew 22, 34. Just put your finger there. That's going to be the very last scripture we cover. Um, it's, it, I just want you to hold the place there because we're going to be all over the book of Matthew. I'm going to be in 2 Samuel some, and I don't want you guys having to flip a lot. So uh, Matthew 22, 34, keep your finger there. It'll be at the end of the, the message. But um, if you have one of our free Bibles that Wes talked about, it's on page 705. If you don't know where that's at, just take a look there. But, but while you're turning there, just... What I'm going to be talking about and trying to illustrate today is, is biblical community, right? What, what community and church um, should look like for us um, as, we walk, as we walk this out together. And, and really I find, and, and, and just the, the text, I see a, a very, very vivid 
example of what biblical community looked like, right? I mean, we, we read, there were, there were times that, that Jesus would preach to the masses, right? He would preach to a, a congregation like this, obviously, but a lot, of, a lot of scripture points to he was in the living rooms, right? He was sitting there with a, with a group of people um, in homes. I mean, we know the story of the, the man they lowered through the ceiling. I mean, he was in a home, right? He was, there, were, there were oftentimes, you know, as in the, especially early on, when he was preaching to and, and teaching to just to small groups of people. So we're going to look at that today real quick. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it, okay? So bow your heads. God, just thank you. Thank you for your majesty and your grace. God, I pray today that the Holy Spirit is, is among us, God, and he's moving um, in the hearts and lives and souls that are here this morning, God. I pray that there would be open ears uh, to hear your word, and that my words wouldn't be elevated, God, but your words would. And God, that I don't... I don't have any clever sayings or anything that can save anyone. Only you can do that, God. And I just thank you that you're here and, and you sent your son. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's look real quick at what community is and what community isn't. We talk about community here, right? Wes just said gospel community mission. And so we're going to look at, look at community and what it is. And I want to just run through some, a list real quick. First, first is community is life. Right? We, you hear people talk about, what oh, we do in life with each other. What does that mean? Like, what? I don't even know what that means. And so what that looks like, it's real simple. It's just doing life. It's, it's, it's me, you know, I mean, coming over to your house and just having coffee with you. It's, it's hanging out. It's building a back porch, you know, together. It's, it's serving one another. It's just, it's just life. It's just, it's just hanging out. There's no, there's no uh, what do you want to call it? There's no list of, of, yep, life is this, life is that. I mean, there's just, it's just doing life. Um, community is also fruit. You know, when you're walking life out with these people, you're seeing fruit. You're seeing, you know, fruit in, in, in lives of others. You're seeing, you're seeing good fruit. Sometimes you see bad fruit. It just kind of depends on, on, on the situation. But community, it's also patience, right? Learning patience, having to deal with other people, welcoming people into your home, um, you know, having people, having people come over and stay late. Luke's talked about that before. You know, come early, stay late. It's just patience. It's mission in our communities. Every, every community we have has a mission, outreach, and, and outward expression to the city. And community is, is really, our communities are really built around that. And we're a, we're a large community gathered here this morning, but we're made up of smaller pockets of community all over the city, correct? And that's what we, that's what we really feel brings life and, 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 just, and just an outward approach to the city. It's also compassion. Compassion and passion. I mean, we have... We, we, we feel we're called, the, the, the leadership here at this church feels we're called to the city of Knoxville. We have compassion for the city and its people. And we try to reach them um, by, by having these missional focuses and outreaches in the city. And, and I would pray that if you're a part of Legacy, a lot of you attending the partnership class, I would just, I would ask that you, you pray. If you don't have a heart or a burden for the city, I just ask that God, God, that you would pray that God give you one. That he would reveal a burden in some form or fashion for the city. Um, and whatever mission that looks like, whether you're in a missional community or a community on mission or you're not, just something that, would, that, would, that would, you could pour your heart and your time into. It's also celebration. We talk a lot about that here. We love to celebrate at Legacy Church, right? We like to barbecue. Um, in, a, in a couple weeks, we're having a baptism anniversary celebration out at the, out at the Cove. Um, we're going to baptize some people, and we're going to eat food, and we're going to party, and we're going to have games, right? We love to do that. A lot of our communities are built on that. They're built on celebration. But what, real quick, what is it not? We just need to, we need to hit that, I feel, just to, just to get a, a broad picture. And community, community is not an accountability group, okay? 
So our, our community's on mission. When you show up in a living room, that's, that's not an accountability group. We have, uh, we have DNA groups that are built into communities on mission where, where that kind of, uh, you know, three or four people meet separately outside of that community where they can really talk about their issues and they can, they can kind of, you know, you know, bounce scripture off of each other, confront sin, apply the Bible to their lives. And that's where that takes place. Not in a living room. It's not a counseling session. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I would love to show up in my community and just, you know, lay out on the couch and just start spilling spilling all my, all my woes, but that's not the time to do that. So we have to be careful of that. It's not, it's not a parent's day out program. It's not a place we can come, we can drop our kids off, and then we can just, you know, we can either bail or we can totally ignore our kids. You know, if your, your kid needs to be spanked, spank them, you know what I mean? Don't, don't let somebody else do it. That would be weird. So um, it's also, it's not match.com, right? It's not match.com. It's not a place we show up to to, to find a relationship. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that God won't reveal you know, your, your future spouse to you in community, but, but, it, but it's definitely not a place to show up and, and, and meet people. I mean, if, you, if that, I would just ask that your, your, your reasoning for being there was a little bit different than that, okay? If that happens while you're there, awesome. I pray it does, but, but just know that that's not the reason we need to be there. Community also is not isolation, right? A lot of us, a lot of us feel, I, I felt this at one point in my life where where I felt I could isolate myself from people, and I, but I was still in community because I had friends, you know, I had family. And so we need to be real careful because that, that's not community. So if this, if this community idea is so, if it's so great, what keeps us out of it? If it's so awesome, right? And I'm standing up here telling you it is awesome. Well, so, so what's keeping us out? I wanna look at a few reasons that we, we kind of retreat from community and we pull back. The first one is fear of men. Right? We're, we're afraid. We're afraid of people. We're afraid of what people might think. Maybe we're, we're shameful or we feel guilty about something we've done. I know my personal story, um, I grew up in church, and so we, our model was not this. It was a Baptist church, a small Baptist church, so we had services on Wednesday night and Sunday and Sunday night, right? But when, during Brandy and I's second separation, our marriage years back, um, she began attending a, a church in Midland, and and, and I thought when she initially went, I thought, man, she's just trying to be religious, right? She's trying to be a Pharisee. She's just going, make herself look good. You know, I was real bitter. Um, but she began praying for my heart. She had a group of ladies that she was meeting with. They began praying for my heart, and God began to soften and massage my heart to, to draw me to that place. Now, the first time I went, you get, some of you guys know this, but the first time I went, I couldn't even walk in the doors. I mean, I got to the parking lot. And I couldn't even walk in the doors because I was so convicted. I was just so shameful and guilty about what I had done to my family, how, it, how I had broken my children's lives and my, my wife, you know, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make myself go in. So I went to a different church. It wasn't what I wanted. And the next week, I ended up in the, in the same parking lot at her church again. This time I walked in, though. This time I could, I could, you know, muster up the courage to walk in. And when I got inside... Maybe, maybe your experience this morning. I got inside and I, I sat at the very back, very back left, my left. Um, and I remember this is a thousand, a thousand, you know, thousand seat sanctuary. So it's a big sanctuary. The pastor's like this big. He's like way up there. I sat as far back as I could from anybody or anything because I, I didn't want anybody to maybe, I don't know, pick up on or, or feel what I had done, the, the, the conviction I was feeling. I felt like I was looking around the room and everybody had it together. You know, if these people had only known what I had done to my family, they would they'd run me out of here right now, right? A lot of shame, a lot of guilt. 
But the fear, God, Jesus addresses this fear of men in Matthew 10, starting at verse 26. He says, we've got it on the screen too, by the way, so you guys don't have to worry about flipping. But it says, so have, have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Jesus is telling us that, that everything is known to him, everything. We, we have no reason to fear others. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Don't be afraid. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's a pretty serious text. The first time I heard that text, it really it sent, it sent chills down my spine. I mean, it's just a real, just, just convicting text. Verse 29 says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even, in the, the, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. He knows us even to our, the hairs on our head. Some of you may not have heard that this morning. You may not have ever heard that in your life. God knows you so well that he knows how many hairs are on your head. And some of us have more hairs on our head than others, I know. But just know that. Fear not. Therefore, you are, more, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I, will also, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Paul, we, all, we may not all know the story of Paul. Paul in the Bible. In Acts 7, we see Paul is... He's, he's murdering Christians, right? He's, he's killing Christians. He's stoning them. He's, he's having them arrested. And by Acts 9, we see complete conversion in Paul. He's knocked off a, a mule on the road. He's radically saved, right? And, and the scripture doesn't speak to this, but when I read that story in Acts, I really feel, I, I just feel, I can't imagine when I, you know, I told you guys, I like to rabbit trail in my thought when I'm reading scripture, but I really, it just, it just dawns on me how, how, how convicted he probably felt when he, the first time he attended a gathering like this or the first living room he was in. Regardless if he was preaching or what he was doing, but I'm just saying, the, the, can you imagine if he, he, walks in the, he walks in the room and just the, the feeling he might have had that overcame him of what, if these people only knew what I've done, and more than likely all of them knew what he had done, right? He'd been murdering them. He's probably looking around the room like I was going, God, these people have it all together. If they only knew what I'd done, what I what I'm capable of or what, I've, what I have done in my past. And, and some of you may be doing that this morning, maybe looking around going, gosh, if these people, they only knew about my, my alcohol addiction. You know, if they knew that, knew that I got angry with my, with my family and I, and I, you know, maybe I, man, we've got a pornography addiction. I mean, if they, they have it all together. And I can tell you that they don't. I can tell you this morning, none of them do. None, nobody in here has it all together. I don't have it all together, Right. I mean, all sin looks different, but we don't, we don't have it all together. So we need to be careful. You know, the, I'm talking to the other side of the aisle now and judging and looking at people differently because we don't have it all together. None of us do. And, and if you are in here this morning and you're feeling that shame and that guilt, and just that heavy burden, I want to tell you that you, that's robbing you of li a life full of joy with Jesus. You have... You have no excuse to bear your own weight. He, he, already, he already did it. He already accomplished. He put sin to death on the cross. He said, it is finished. Right? So you have no excuse to bear your own weight. 
It's a gift. He's offering it to you. He's offering peace to you this morning. What else keeps us out of community? Schedules, maybe jobs. I know as a firefighter for eight years, my job consisted of 24-hour shifts. I was gone 120 days out of the year for my family, give or take vacation days. Um, so I was there. I, I saw those guys more than I saw my family because on my days off, I had a job too. So I worked eight to five on those typically and saw my family in the evening. So that, that robbed a lot of time from my family and, 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 and life that I could be doing with my family or other people at the time. But one, another thing might be like, and this is really, it's really convicting for me too, is, is like kids' schedules, right? There's baseball and soccer and track and, and football and theater and swimming and band. There's all these things. And we're, we're in a generation and a culture that, you know, our parents didn't grow up with a lot. And so we want to we wanna give our kids everything we didn't have. And there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with these things. My, my story is I was, a, I was a little leaguer. My dad... My, my grandfather, my dad's dad, played semi-pro baseball, right? He was a catcher, so he didn't, he didn't like ever go pro or anything. He passed away before any of that happened, but my dad was a big, big little league player and baseball player, and so naturally I grew up. I wanted to play little league, right? But, he, but here's the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't that my dad just coached me, you know, coached my little league team. It wasn't that. My, my dad actually coached A ball, Okay. And then there's B, B League, and there's C League, and then there's T-Ball back when I used to play. So I was playing T-Ball on one field, and my dad was across the complex coaching a whole different group of kids that I didn't even know. You know what I mean? So, so when you look at schedules in my house, I had practice, I had games, my dad had practices, my dad had games. And my dad wasn't just, the team he was, he was coaching was pretty good. They were going to all-star games, so we were traveling with the team. I mean, does anybody see, like... Does anybody get me like we, we weren't, it wasn't the norm, but we spent a lot of time at baseball fields. We spent a lot of time. And I mean, we, we attended church. My, my mom, she took us to church and we attended that, but, but the focus in our house during baseball season was baseball, nothing else. And, and I know that a lot of you guys in here, your kids are playing sports. I was able to attend, uh, I was able to attend, uh, Maddox just walked in, Maddox Gentry and, and Gavin Holler and and Cameron's t-ball game the other day and it was great it brought back all those memories and all those all those moments when I played little league as a child and it was really cool to see and, and get to be a part of that hang out with those guys and it was awesome so I'm not I'm not condemning if your kids playing sports but but what we tend to do is you, you tend to say well we do that but we're doing life with those people Chris we're, we're, we're there we're doing life with them and, I, and I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying maybe you are. Maybe that, maybe that is your mission. Maybe you are out there. But, but if, you, if, you're, if you're there and you're not, you're not stomping your foot or cussing at your kid, that, that's not doing life. You understand that, right? That's just being a good parent, right? It's just being a good dad. So don't, what I'm saying is don't replace that. Don't, don't substitute that behavior for your community and your life because it's not. That's not what it is. Because what we have to look at just to be practical for a second, is believe it or not, I mean, the chances of, of Johnny or Susie going professional are very slim, right? Can we all just, uh, we agree? I know there's sports teams that are made up, you know, professional sports teams are made up of, of people that ride the bench. They never get to play. They're on, a, they're on a pro team. I get that. But I'm just saying the, the likelihood is very slim, okay? And so, but, I, but I'm, I'm 100% sure that one day they will stand before God and have to give an account for their life. I'm sure of that, without a question. 
So I'm just asking to look at the priorities. Just, just look at your priorities. It's something that, that me and Brandy, you know, we look at all the time is our calendar and what we have going on and, and just, just not making things idols. Next thing I want to look at is, is singleness. Singleness in community, it, it's easily, easily can lead us to isolation. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're college or adult. Singleness can lead to isolation very, very easily. And we have to look. The, the scriptures are clear. There's, there were single disciples. There were people that were single that did life with Jesus, that did community with Jesus, and they were no different than the married people that were doing life in community. And, and the question may be raised is, well, how am I supposed to meet other singles? How am, I, how am I supposed to meet people if we don't have a singles ministry? Because we don't. We don't, we don't have a singles ministry here. Our, our calm groups have no demographics, right? There's no demographic in a calm group except that we're all Christians. You'll see the calm groups in our, in our church are, are spread out. There, there's, there, there's couples with babies. There's couples with no kids. There's couples with older kids. There's couples with, you know, no kids. So they're all over the place. So I encourage you, don't let that be what drives you to community. I mean, it's not like, if, if you understand, it's not like if you show up in, in my community and you say, you say, you know, and God, God looks down and it's frustrated, shaking his head going, God, you really missed that opportunity. I was, I was sending you to that singles class so you could meet that person. I mean, you missed that. Way to go, right? I mean, it's not, God's not doing that. God's not saying that, you know? And, and like I said before, he may have someone there for you. He may not. But I would just ask that you search your heart for what God has for you. Read the scriptures. Bathe your heart in the scriptures so that you know exactly what God has for you. Remember, just don't get caught up on whether or not you have a spouse. You belong to Jesus, right? He is your spouse. You're married to the master of creation, the author of love. He created love, right? And he created us. You're married to him. And I'm not saying he doesn't want you to have an earthly, a relationship with an earthly, you know, spouse or a human being. Um, but I'm just saying he doesn't want you to make an idol out of something so temporary because he is eternal. So just, just know that. And that's my heart this morning. How about awkwardness? Anybody been in an awkward community group? Or you don't have to raise your hand because there's people sitting there. Okay, Kevin did. <laughs> right? I mean, I've been in some awkward ones. The, you know, the church I came to, I led, we led a group. It was, we called them life groups, not community groups, but we, we led a life group. There's, there's, you know, couples, couples show up mad, right? They're like, you know, I mean, like that happens. I mean, they, they show up, they show up all they show up all messed up and dirty, right? They smell funny. They, they look funny. You know, they're gimpy. They got problems, you know? People are goofy. I mean, it's just, it's just me. I'm goofy, you know? I mean, and, and, and introverts, I got to talk to you for just a second. Look, I know this is an issue. I mean, like, well, it's not an issue for you because you're an introvert. I'm, I'm married to an introvert. But understand that I want to just, just, just step out of that shell just a little bit. Just a little bit. It'll be okay, I promise. We won't bite. We won't hurt you. We won't, you know, we won't. Maybe we will. I don't know. But I'm just saying, <laughs> come, just step out of that shell. I spent, I'm, I'm married to one. I spent 13 years trying to drag her out of that introvertness. Guess what? She's still an introvert. So, I mean, it's fine. I get it. I'm just saying, I, I constantly just try to encourage her all the time. So, so come to community. You know, come, step out of that. And, and you extroverts right? I are one, okay? I get it. Listen, when you've got a new person show up to group, don't greet them like the family dog. 
You know what I mean? Like, hey, how's it going? Hey, what can I do? Hey, how are you? You know what I mean? I'm bad about that. Sean and Jennifer's house when we meet, I just make sure I stand in the kitchen, like at least 10 feet from the front door. Hey, how's it going? But I'm still yelling, hey, hey, you know, because I want, I want to engage that person, but I know if I run up on them, because I'm married to an introvert, I run up on them, it's too much. It's bubble, space, don't invade, right? So just know that that's, that's, that's happening. How about voting someone off the island, right? I mean, every week it's like, okay, that person, I want to vote them off the island. Like they're not, they're not going to show up on time. They, they don't sign up for food or what they sign up for they don't bring or what they, what they bring is bad. I mean, you know what I mean? There's that whole like, there's just that, that just that awkwardness and silliness of group and people, people meeting together. But understand, don't you, don't you think some of that went on in the Bible? I mean, don't you think some of that went on when Jesus was there? Right? I mean, I just, I just have a hard time feeling that that didn't, that that stuff didn't happen on some level. There's always a guy there that's, that's you know, that's it's got issues and he's, he's gimpy and he doesn't, he doesn't work right and he doesn't know what to do. And when I say gimpy, I'm not talking about like gimpy. I'm talking about like he's messed up. <laughs> Just had to say that. But how about, real quick, I got to get a drink of water. I'm so sorry. I'm talking too much. Get accused of that all the time. Social media. Let's talk about social media real quick. Social media is an epidemic in my, in my opinion. Now listen, I'm an advocate for social media. Anybody that knows me will tell you that I'm all about getting the word out, you know, Facebook and Twitter, like let's, let's post it. Most of the stuff you read on our Facebook and, and Twitter is mine, unless it's misspelled and it's Luke's. So just know that real quick. But, but, but Matthew 28, 18 real quick, is, is, I just wanna read that real fast. We've got it on the screen, so don't turn. But it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Notice it doesn't say go and update your status, right? It says go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Have you ever tried to teach someone something? over a computer, right? I used to be a phone support technician, so I worked for an ISP and, you know, internet service provider. I don't think they even call them that anymore, but whatever. So I'd be on the phone, have a little headset, sit at my desk, and thank the Lord for the mute button, right? Because I'd be talking to people, and it was like, are you even listening? Are you even, you know what I mean? So what I'm getting at is how, how can we teach, how can we disciple from a computer screen, right? Jesus... Jesus didn't die, regardless of what we believe. Jesus did not die for our Facebook profiles or our Twitter feeds. He didn't. I'm not saying those things are bad. I use my, I use my Facebook status and, and Twitter feed all the time to spread the gospel and share the good news of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen, you cannot do life through a screen and a keyboard. You can't. I mean, I, 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 you can't. You can't sit behind a keyboard and bang out a message to everyone and expect it to just, you know, I mean, just like do some miraculous thing. I'm not saying God's not that big. God can do those things. But I'm just saying, I don't see that in Scripture. One is because they don't have computers back then. But I'm just saying, like, I don't, I don't see it just by the simple fact of, I don't know how you can do life that way. One of the biggest things, and it's really an issue in the South, is, is our culture. I'm from Texas. We're not considered the deep South, but we're still close enough that we consider ourselves the South. Right? We're, we're cool. We don't have, we obviously don't have a football team like you guys do, but the South, 
My, my family was from Alabama and Georgia, the deep south, right? So it was always, when we go back to, when we go back to Alabama, there was always like, you know, fish fries and, and watermelon speed or seed uh, spitting contests. You know, we were hanging out, you know, partying. All the families coming over, 30, 40, 50 people. And, and, and what, what, I, what, I can, what I see is what I see happening, and, and it's, it's very, very common, is I see families or, or people and believers and Christians begin to adopt that family as their community. And they say, well, I don't need to spend time with this body of believers. I don't need to spend time with these people that God has called me to do life with. This is my community, and this is my family over here. And I'm not saying those family members aren't in your community. They, they may be. They very well may be. We have people that are related in here. But, but I, have, I came across an interesting scripture I want to share with you. Matthew 12, 46. Um, it says, while he was still speaking, this is Jesus, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Okay, so, so looks like Mary and his brothers have shown up. They want to talk to Jesus, but he's inside teaching. Okay? It says, but he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, here are my mother and here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so real quick, like, I mean, imagine that. You're, you're his mother and your brother, you're outside, but he, he, he just says, the guy walks up to him and says, hey, Jesus, Psst, Jesus, your mom's outside, right? And he's like, these are, these are my mother and these are my brothers. This is my community. Understand, I'm just trying to, to get you the, the implications of putting family before community. Because I guarantee you, let's just be real and honest and practical. I guarantee you, you're not, you're not discussing your, your, your porn addiction with your mom. Okay, let's just throw that out there. You're not discussing, you, you, you may struggle with alcohol. And, and if you're, you're, you're probably drinking around your family, but they're not saying anything to you. Right? Maybe, that's the, maybe that's the situation. They're not calling these things out. Maybe you're angry all the time. They're not calling these things out in you. That's what I'm getting at. Your community is there. These, these body of believers that God has called you to, to be around and do life with, that's what they're, they're put in place. God designed it that way. He put it in place, these, these believers, to be with you so that you, can, so that you can call each other out. You can hold each other accountable when you're walking, when you're walking gimpy and you're walking, walking the wrong way. That's what, that, that's what this community thing is all about. I want to share a story you may or may not know. I don't have the, I don't have the scripture, but in, in 2 Samuel 9, you can go home later and read it. There's a story of a, of a guy named, I'm going to get it right, ready? Mephibosheth. It's awesome, isn't it? Mephibosheth. Does anybody know the story of Mephibosheth? I didn't until recently. Some of you may. Um, but, but basically, Mephibosheth was Saul, King Saul, right? So you got Saul, Jonathan, and David, you know? Saul, he was, he was Saul's grandson, so he's Jonathan's son. And, and David, one day, he's, he's ruling the kingdom, and he says, says, is there anyone left of, of Saul's kingdom? Is there anyone left that I, can, that I can bless? Is there anyone that I can show mercy and kindness to? And one of the servants says, says yes, there, there's Mephibosheth, you know? And he says, wow. So he, he calls Mephibosheth to him. Mephibosheth comes. And in verse 8, so this is, this is 2 Samuel 9, verse 8. When he, when he tells him, he says, David says, I want, to give you, I want to give you your grandfather's land. And I want to give you back all his servants. 
And then he says, and I want to give you an eternal seat at my banquet table. You will always dine with me at my, at my king's table. Now, the interesting thing about Mephibosheth is when he was, when he was a child, when he was younger, I'm not quite sure the age, um, one of the servants was fleeing with him for some reason, and she dropped him, and he became lame in his feet. He became hurt. Okay, he injured his feet, so he was, he was kind of gimpy like us. He was kind of broken. He had, he had, he had no, they were physical ailments, but they were, the symbolism is there. And when, when Phoebusheth comes, he says in verse 8, he says, And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? A dead dog. Right? How, how many of us feel like dead dogs? When we, when we, when we, step, into, when we step into a room like this or we step into a living room, and you just feel broken and dirty. But we see David extend grace, and he doesn't, he doesn't care. And he offers him a seat, an eternal seat at this table. And in verse 13, it says, So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. And it ends with this. It says, Now he was lame in both his feet. Notice that he's still broken. He's still sitting at the table dining with the king, but he's still broken because sanctification is still being worked. We're still being worked on, right? But we'll, we'll, one day we'll dine with the, with the king in heaven and, and there will be no tears and, and anything like that. But in, in the aspect of community and dining and celebrating with each other and living, we're still broken, but we're still doing life with people, right? And, and God's, Jesus, God in his, in his glory and mercy has, has sent Jesus, his son, to die for us so that we can have an eternal seat at this table and dine with him forever. Isn't that great? I mean, isn't that, isn't that awesome? I mean, amen, right? Oh, it's a really good story. 2 Samuel 9. Um, anyway, real quick, I just want to talk to, I want to talk to three different people in here, three different sets of people. And the first people, first people I want to address and kind of talk to and not really pick on, but is, is my, college, my college people in here, right? We got some college kids in here spread out everywhere. And, and I'm really excited. I get around you guys. I hear, I hear Wes tell me your stories and how, how faithful you guys are on the campus and how faithful he is and the things you guys are doing. And listen, guys, if you don't know any of these college kids and what they're involved in, they are doing some awesome stuff on the campus. They, reached, they gathered over 500 names this summer of incoming freshmen. Isn't that awesome to talk to and, and get to know, right, and connect with? It's, it's amazing. And they're from all over, Johnson, the Johnson College and, and, and UT. But listen, you guys, I know you're getting ready to graduate. You're getting ready to walk out in the world, right? That's what you're doing, and you're excited about it. The ones I've talked to, you're pumped up about it. You're looking for, you're looking for jobs and your career and what it's going to be and where you're going to go and what you're going to do. But I, I would just charge you with, when you're looking at all this stuff, when you're looking at where you're going to go and do life, please plan on where you're going to do community at with other believers don't I mean I may get I may get stoned for saying this don't let your career drive that let your let, let where you're going to do life and your community and where, where you're going to be with with other believers that drive that don't always put the job at the top of the list you need to look and see if you're going to be walking into a, a home of believers that you can you can get around and be encouraged by and edified okay next 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 group is singles I don't want to single anyone out it's a pun for Matt but I want to single one out but I had a sorry that was bad I had to throw that in there all right I don't want to single anyone out but but don't don't isolate yourself I just want to encourage you not to isolate yourself just like I said before don't don't isolate yourself from other believers that's not what God intended it's not what he wants for you 
Don't limit your gaze to just singles ministry. We offer, we offer other things that can help you. We offer community. We offer groups that will love you and embrace you. Um, just like a singles ministry would. There's nothing wrong with singles ministry. You understand, we just don't offer that. We don't have that. So just, I, I just would just plead with you to, to, to at least attempt to get into a community. At least try to do life with people. And, and the last people group I want to address is the couples in here, the married couples. Young or old, it doesn't matter. Reach out to these people. Reach out to these college kids. Reach out, reach out to, 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 to someone you know that's single. Invite them into your home. I mean, do life with them. Find out their story. Get to know them. I mean, Titus is very clear that we've had a, we've had a recent burden in our house. Titus is very clear that, that the, 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 elder, the elder women, would, they, would, they, would, they would minister and they would disciple the younger women that were coming up. Just know that that's what, it, that's what we're called to do. You men in here that are married and have kids or, or, or have walked this road and the, the, these guys that are coming into the world and they're, they're graduating college, think back to the way, the way you were when you graduated college and helped minister to these people. Don't get wrapped up in your American dream and your 401k. It's easy to do. But Jesus didn't die for your American dream. Right? He didn't die for your 401k. Some of us in this room are called to be broken poor. That's just how it is. Some of us are called to, be, to, to have money. Some of us are called to, 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 to live in a certain area. Some of us are called to be missionaries to certain places. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. But but we need to help each other. We need to engage. We need to come around each other and, 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 and lift each other up and, and walk things out with people, right? Messiness. In a minute, we're gonna, the worship team's going to come up and we're going to do, we're gonna do, we're gonna do worship like Wes talked about. We do it at the end and we're going to take communion. It'll be available for, for you guys in the back and, and I'm going to have, hopefully have some people back there to pray. Maybe Luke and Kevin or somebody. If you guys could be back there to, to pray. There'll be people back there to pray. If you, need, if you need prayer for something or you need somebody to somebody just to engage with this morning, you're feeling that shame, you're feeling that guilt, that burden, or anything I've talked about this morning, you want to you talk that out with somebody, I'd I, I stress to you to go back there and, and, and talk to someone. But also, if you're not, if you're not a believer this morning, you, you don't know Jesus, you don't know Christ, I just ask that you, you take Christ this morning. Don't worry about taking communion. Get with somebody and pray. Um, there'll be leaders back there. Um, but I want to leave you with this. I want to I read. This is, the, this is the scripture I told you to turn to at the beginning. So if you, if you want to turn to that, you can. If not, we have it up on the screen. I just want to leave you with this scripture to end out today. It's Matthew 22, 34 through 40. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, Ask him a question to test him. He said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Love God and love people. That's what, that's what he's calling us to do. And that's what happens in community. We love God and we love people. That's something that's, that's very convicting in me. And I love this passage for that reason. Because you can get caught up and lost in the, 
and, and, and the checklist of the to-dos and what I should do and being religious and I should do this or I can't do this or I might have to do this or, or should I do this? And, and, and you can boil it down to these two things, love God, love people. That's what he's, that's what he's calling us to. That's what, he's, that's what he's asking us to do is just be with each other in community, living life, being fruitful, being compassionate, being on mission. Let's pray. God, thank you, for, uh, thank you for today, God. Thank you for these people gathered here today. I thank you for the, I thank you for the ability, God, to, to get up in the morning and, and come here, God, and just engage and worship with, with these people, God, that, that you've called me to and my family to. God, I thank you for, I thank you for church planning. I thank you for, I thank you for the messiness and the, the, the grind that goes along with, with church planning and and, and community, God, that you call us into living rooms and you call us into homes with, with others that, that, that don't look like us, God. They don't, they don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't act like us. They're different. And I just pray, God, that you would, you would continually work on my own heart, God, to, to soften it to the people of Knoxville, God, and the, the people that you called me to do life with. God, I thank you for, I thank you for just your grace, your love, your mercy. God, just... We love you and we thank you for, for everything that you've given us and blessed us with. In your name we pray. Amen.